and welcome to Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers as they journey together through the Yume region. My name's Coatsy and I am your Pokemon Dungeon Master. I'm Jack, I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who, after feeling scared for many, many years, doesn't feel so scared now as he has accumulated the biggest team of Pokemon that he could possibly imagine, especially after Reptile's evolution last uh, last episode. Pretty chonky, pretty chonky. You're not going to do well in small spaces anymore. No, definitely not. I'm Chris. I play Chuck, son of a nurse joy who moved from Pewter City to the Yume region, who kind of looks a little bit like he's had a semi-permanent facelift after clinging on to Garchomp flying at max speeds. <laughs> Hopefully it wears off. Gowls floating in the wind as he goes. You know what they say about when the wind changes. So, should we do questions or recap? Both. Questions, then recap, then episode. Let's go. Okay, so... Obviously, we've been asking for questions. Now, one of our fans, Hydra Ekins, has asked us a lot of questions. So for the, for the next, I think we said nine episodes. Spoiler alert, there might only be that many episodes left. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hydra's going to get his question of the question of the, the fortnight. And this week's Hydra Ekins question is, which generation would you delete? I think Ooh. to make it interesting, we should take out Sword and Shield. Because we all know that that one's shit. See, I've got a different answer. I wouldn't go Sword and Shield as my first one. We know you hate it, guys. Oh, I just hated it. I hated I'd go it Sun so and Moon. Sun and Moon, like every day, it's just Su- Sun and Moon's shiny. where I'd go to. But I'd rather play Sun and Moon than Sword and Shield. But my thing about Sun and Moon is I never played Ultra Sun and Moon, which apparently were quite good. They also fucked the anime style. They were coming off like like X, Y, and Z was probably the best anime era, and then they just completely cartoonified it. Are we forgetting about the Paul Ash rivalry? Yeah, but Ashka Ninja. Yes, true, but that's why I wouldn't get rid of that generation. Got, and and he did get completely fucked over by in that last fight against Alan. Not as much as he got fucked over by Tobias at the end of Darkrai Latios. Oh, um, oh, you knocked out my Darkrai? Oh, well, here's a Latios. <laughs> Fuck you, Tobias. He's obviously just been walking around with an action replay, hasn't he? Just catching legendary <laughs> he's just been our, he's, he's not even in the masters eight he's just been rng in the entire time we'll do one more question this one's from droids just thought of a question if you guys could make a new typing for a pokemon what would it be Ooh. and what would it be strong slash weak to i've kind of got an answer to this but i was annoyed because i thought when fairy was getting introduced it was going to be light type and i'd have put light type mm. in and had it be good against dark and like dragons because dragons were overpowered and then but also weak against dark like an internal battle so yeah i'd have done a light type it's kind of cool it's very it's similar to fairy isn't it it is a bit but it sounds because they're better. weak to poison yeah like if you're a light type that's cool but if you're a fairy type that's just a bit don't say it no not that don't say it <laughs> it sounds weak that's what it sounds like whereas light type sounds cool and it opposes the dark type which i think adds an interesting dynamic I don't know what I'd name it, but my initial thought was something like almost like a computerized type. I don't know how you like a code type or something. Digital, digital, like digi- yeah, like a digital type. So like, like a like a digital monster. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like Rotom, Porygon could easily go into that. You could have like missing, missing no. no, yeah, make that real. I don't know some sort of like yeah, some sort of like code or something type that would go in. I don't know what it'd be strong weekends though. What about a, um, I don't know, like a cosmic type? So something that's from space. So you could have Deoxys as part of that instead of being psychic. 
that would be. And it cool. could either be strong or weak against rock or or ground. I like it. Cosmic. Good answers, boys. Well, I hope that uh, piqued everyone's tickles. It's <laughs> taken two different Peak phrases tickle, real good. together. Piqued everyone's tickles. I make up D&D rules. I make up phrases as well. We know you do. So the recap from <laughs> last episode. Started off at the top of the Sky City, uh, sort of trapped by members of the Dragon Clan, who you swiftly found out were also the gym leader and her posse. What? Her posse. They had you like trapped in a kind of rock tomb, squeezed some answers out of you, quite literally, um, until you sort of blabbed as the two ten-year-olds inside you would have done, where you just like, this is why we're here and this is what we're doing, and you showed them their tattoos, and then all of a sudden they were like, <gasps> from behind us, the chosen, the chosen ones, uh, and they released you and had to deliberate what they were going to do so they sent you back to the village with two guards and then later on that day after a little investigation around the village you were summoned to the gym where you met the rest of the dragon tribe dragon clan and they put forward an offer of completing a challenge which also doubled up as a gym fight you found out that flash is also kind of a member but not a member and just knows the tribe because he grew up in the area he also apologized for lying to you about not knowing his way to the sky city because he did know his way to the sky city and then yeah you went in and had a gym fight and there were the it was more of a challenge to get three dragon eggs from three different rooms and then pop them on an altar it wasn't inspired by harry potter yeah it no. was not it actually wasn't i thought of that after i wrote it i <laughs> thought it was a good episode title jack you took on a garchomp in like a deserty area did and managed to swipe the egg from a statue before running off into the main tunnel and chuck you took on a kingdra underneath a waterfall and that was a bitch that kingdra again managed to swipe the egg and then run off with it towards the main room where the eggs needed to be placed. And then Chuck, you well, you both tried to fly up into the third room, but a psychic barrier stopped one of you from going in. And Chuck, you ended up taking on a Dragonite, which absolutely destroyed Boomer nearly with a thunder and just <laughs> wrecked it. For probably, I thought I was in big trouble. Probably the most damage I think we've had in one hit. You're not it was, far off. It was like 160. Or it's well up there. Stupid. It's well up there. And then while Felix was waiting with the other two eggs, a salamence appeared. And yeah. Oh, also, Gar, you've got Garchomp and a Tyranitar now. Boulder Bros evolves. The Boulder, Boulder Bros. The Boulder Bros have evolved. Simultaneously um, in their battles. You both managed to defeat the Dragonite and the Salamence and get the three eggs onto the blint, at which point you were told, well done, you've done it. Go rest up and then we'll come get you and we'll show you what you need to see. I've been waiting patiently for a couple of weeks for this. A couple of weeks slash two years. Oh, uh, she, Sky actually said, I shall take them where they need to go. Um, so Flash is taking you to the Pokemon Center to get healed up, and that's where we are. Now, where are we with your teams? Because obviously I mentioned there were some evolutions, mm. but a lot has changed. You've got quite a bit of XP. So Chuck's now reached level 15. Didn't really unlock anything of note there. He's already got his kind of final capstone ability um, which if you can't remember is prof the professor feat which means that he can identify Pokemon's known moves it's weak spots and gets a little buff to uh, being able to hit which is pretty helpful for me we've got a pretty chonky looking team of boys and girls now so we've got Boomer the Charizard who's level 15 Asami the Empoleon level 15 uh, Mako now a Garchomp who's level 14 
Rowdy the Lucario, level 14. And uh, bringing up the rear is Pennybags the Mamoswine, level 12. And Churro the Ludicolo, level 12. I can't believe they're still level 12. I'll catch up. We'll get there. Ludicolo doesn't need it. He's just a one man and his trombone <laughs> army. Absolute boss. And Felix, where are you? Uh, Felix is looking as follows. He has Torterra the Pratchett at level 15. Maximus the Magmorta at level 14. Inky the Haunter at level 14. Momo the Gliscor at level 13. Tyranitar now the Reptar, also level 13. And bringing up the rear in terms of levels, we've got Houdini the Snorlax at level 11. And we also do have uh, PG the Porygon as well at level 13, who uh, likes to make an appearance every now and then. Nice. Okay. Are these like our, our are these our final sixes? I think they might be. It's a bit late to suddenly bust Rosie back. Right, out, yeah, Rosie it? and Duke <laughs> coming out for the final fight. Right. Okay. Let's crack on with the episode. We're gonna get some answers today. Two years in the waiting. Uh, I want answers. It depends no. what you want ans- It depends what you want answers to. There's gonna be answers even once we've finished and we're doing a re- like a big reflection on the campaign. Chris is gonna be like, well, "What about this? What this plot hole?" And I'll answer it off pod. <laughs> the village seems back to normal, with people lining the streets, going about their business once more. But you notice some of them giving you a smile and a nod when they catch your eye. Flash accompanies you back to the Pokemon Center, where you get all healed up and then turns to you and says do you want to go straight back or do you want to <laughs> go somewhere else straight back straight back I think straight back I think there's do you nothing... want to go to the Pokemart uh, I don't think I need anything okay. cool I think I'm pretty good for everything yep. okay everything good well in that case Flash accompanies you back to the gym where once again you see Sky and Thomas waiting for you they seem to be having a slightly heated discussion, and you hear Thomas say, Well, we've not seen them since they took Chuck and Felix to the village yesterday. And then Sky's like obviously frustrated, hands in the air, like, they're probably drunk again. When I get my hands on those two, they've been such a liability lately. But then, as they see your approach, they stop and turn to you. Thomas beams at you with a grin from ear to ear. And although she still has the same stern expression on her face, Skye does seem a bit warmer towards the both of you as she holds up a hand and gestures for you to follow her as she turns and walks back towards the gym. The three of you follow Skye and Thomas back into the foyer, the gym guy looking up from his desk excitedly before realising that it's you and slowly lowering his head in disappointment. Skye and Thomas lead you through the same sliding doors as before, opening with a slow hiss and into the cavern with the altar in the middle of it. But the three eggs have gone, and instead, in the centre dome, sits a stone with three coloured jewels running down it. Sky stands behind the altar and invites the rest of you to do the same, Thomas and Flash standing either side of her. Sky looks at you both with a serious look on her face, and then she starts to recite. For with the power to bring balance, of human and monster combined, he shall come, and judgment will be brought upon us. But a time will follow when scattered with trials of earth, ice and steel, he shall reveal himself, and his test will show you the way. I'm not sure how, or by who, but as soon as you showed your tattoos, I knew you were brought here for a reason. What I'm about to show you has been the secret of my clan for thousands of years, and only our most trusted are told of its existence. 
and then Thomas pushes down on the jeweled stone. You feel a rumbling beneath you, and a ring of light appears around the stone, glowing white, pink, then blue. Your tattoos start to glow, as the burning sensation you felt on top of the Sky City returns, but for some reason, it seems to pain you less than before. Suddenly, the ground beneath you lurches as it starts to lower itself into the floor of the cave. And for about a minute, all you see is nothing but smooth stone as you descend until you drop into a large open cavern. With large stalactites hanging from the ceiling, some long enough to meet the stalagmites that cover the base of the cavern, creating pillars of stone. Some only just formed, and some meters thick. As you descend further, the stalagmites that cover the ground start to shift somewhat, like some kind of optical illusion. And the closer you get to them, the more you start to realize there's something not quite right about them. Then with a thud, your descent stops. And as you look out, you see that the stalagmites are actually a reflection. And as a small water drop falls, you see a ripple spread out across the surface of a vast amount of water. You maybe describe this vast amount of water as a lake, chance. It exists. You might. It exists. I wasn't going mad. <laughs> Holy shit, lads. Was this the lake you were asking about? After all my years in the village, how did I not know about this? And Thomas laughs. There aren't many who know about it even within the clan, and even fewer have seen it for themselves. Don't take it personally, Flash. And Flash is just like, hey, I just realised I can't see me. He's like, <laughs> look side to side. Mouth open, like, I can't believe this is underground. I'm surprised he hasn't dove in and started just doing like a backstroke across it. La, 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 la. <laughs> his hands are itching to like open up his coat in, like, in glee. Just like, don't put that speedo to use. Don't do it now. Sky steps down from the altar and gestures for you to follow her as she walks along a path to the side of the lake. At the end of the Great War, a number of Arceus' forces were captured and encased in protective psychic barriers stopping them from returning to Earth when the battle was over. One was given to each of the great clans and locked away, imbued with psychic energy in case someday there was a need for them to pass on the knowledge that might help another generation if such a calamity like the war were to ever happen again. But there was one who was too strong to be simply locked away with the monk's trickery. My people took it upon themselves to hide it. Hide it and stand guard for as long as it takes, until those worthy came to seek the knowledge that can be found inside. And to this day, my people have protected this mountain and what it contains. Eventually, the sky stops. And you see that ahead of you is a large wall with crude images of the three Regis, placed in a triangle around what looks like an image of a throne. Carved into the middle of the throne is the same symbol as the one tattooed on your arms. The burning sensation returns just as strong as it was at the top of the sky city. Your arms start to glow, white, blue and pink. Sky, Thomas and Flash gasp and step back away from you and the wall, staring up at the carvings and then you with amazement. The images carved into the wall are also glowing, white, 
blue, pink, white, blue, pink, white, blue, pink, before the symbol in the middle of the throne lets out a blinding white light. And you feel the whole cavern shake as the wall starts to rumble, and then a large crack appears down the middle as it starts to open. The sound of the Reggies fills your head, and as the burning in your arm becomes numb, you feel yourselves moving forwards through the open gap. You hear the voices of Sky, Thomas and Flash behind you, but they sound so distant, you don't even take any notice. You keep moving forwards, unable to stop yourselves, until the stone door shuts behind you with a soft boom. And then you're left in total darkness. And that's where we're going to finish today's episode. <laughs> What what's going through your heads? Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> That's it. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! Felix has been in a kind of stunned silence as he's going through this. Obviously, we've we kind of touched on it in the last couple of episodes. They've been through a lot, Chuck and Felix. But every time they get into something new, it's even more wondrous and out of out of the ordinary. And obviously, coming into this cave that we were weren't necessarily sure that was actually a thing. Felix is just kind of taking it all in, listening to Sky as she's been chatting away about the the importance of, of what this place is and all the history and all of that, but trying to also kind of steel himself knowing what's happened in previous encounters like this before, that he needs to be focused and ready. Chuck's feeling completely vindicated that the underground lake that he was banging on about for about an hour and a couple of episodes ago actually exists. But yeah, likewise with these things as they seem to peel back this the layers of this mystical onion <laughs> tend, tend to come with some big scraps so uh he reaches for boomer's pokeball given that they're in complete uh pitch black blindness releases boomer out into the uh into hopefully is an open space in front of him to light up the way a bright glow emanates from the walls around you as well as the tail of boomer as some of the rocks in the walls start to illuminate and you find yourselves in a large cavern. The ground in front of you is covered in grass and moss and it covers six stone pillars that are arranged in a cross formation in the centre of the room. Four in a straight line and then one to the left and to the right of the penultimate pillar. A fully grown tree stands tall in each corner of the cavern, with trunks as thick as those found in Greenwood Forest. From the other side of the cavern, you see some blinking lights. Two mm -hmm. vertical rows of three. Pink at the mm -hmm. top, blue underneath, three in the middle. and white at the bottom. White at the bottom. And then the cave is filled with the sound of the Reggies bouncing off the walls almost like it's coming from every direction. And amongst the cries, you hear a low, almost mechanical robotic voice say, When scattered with trials of earth, ice and steel, he shall reveal himself, and his test will show you the way. Some of the rocks on the far wall glow bright, revealing a giant wooden throne. And sitting in the throne is a large white golem-like Pokemon, with odd black square stripes along its arms and legs, 
green bushes adorning the bottom of its feet and its shoulders. Thick golden bands wrap themselves around its wrists and its shoulders with its black eyes sitting on another golden band going from its waist to the top of its body. And between the different colored gems that have now illuminated fully, your Pokédex pings. Regigigas, the colossal Pokémon. It is believed to have shaped Regirock, Regice, and Registeel out of clay, ice, and magma. According to legend, Regigigas pulled land masses together and bound them with rope to create the continents. The ground around you rumbles and shakes, almost knocking you off balance, as before your eyes the Regigigas stands up out of its throne. Roots connected to its back and legs snap as it rises, and when it stands tall, it lets out an almighty roar that reverberates around the cavern. Let's roll initiative. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Oh my god. 13. 8 for me. Big is it? Huge. Some stuff is going to happen in this fight. Mm. that you have not experienced before. Right. Chuck and Felix won't know about it, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> just brilliant. Just, okay. don't be, just, just don't be surprised when some stuff happens, and I guarantee Chris is going to go, what the fuck is that? Okay. Regigigas stands up, well, is standing, and slowly starts to make its way around the pillars getting to the side of the cross to your right and he's going to hold and he's going to hold an action cool so how far away is he now he can move at the moment 25 feet he's 125 feet away yeah Yeah. Chuck's staring at this gargantuan beast in front of him thinking okay just one more thing seems to lie in between us and some answers here let's Finish this. <laughs> Let's finish this in one hit. Oh. Let's finish this. Just gonna use his analyst ability instead of his professor feet at this point. He's gonna so he's gonna you're gonna tell me its level and one of its abilities. The two white stones on the rigid gigas glow and you're gonna roll that again. In hell. Fourteen. It still passes. Okay. It's level nineteen. <laughs> and- okay. Its ability is slow start. Yeah. Which, yeah, I thought it probably was. What does that do in this? Pokemon speed is halved and its attacks are made at disadvantage for the first two rounds of combat. Very clever putting it 150 feet away. Okay. Chuck shouts this out to Felix and says, That's a Regigigas. I saw a picture of these when I was sifting through that book. I think it, things said it was, it's kind of slow to start with, so let's try and do some damage on, on it off the bat. Chuck's going to tell Boomer, he says, all right, fly in there and then hit it with a Dragon Rage. So I'm going to use Boomer's um, flying speed to get 30 feet and then I'll make up the rest of the range with the line. Yep. So, because it's a pretty pretty far away, Regigigas has got to do a evasion check. 23. Yep, it's going to pass. I rolled really high. It's going to do 23 Dragon Damage, which is going to get halved because it passed the check. So I'll take... 11. Boomer flies out into the middle of the room and it's basically just in a parallel line with this Regigigas at the moment and just like buffets her wings and out shoots this streaming beam of purple energy towards the Regigigas. The Regigigas just 
yeah, stands there and just doesn't even batter a gem lid at this <laughs> gem beam lid. of dragon light that's coming at it. Right, Felix. Felix hears what Chuck says, nods in agreement, turns to face the, the Red Gigas and turns to face Pratchett, gives him a nod saying, we got this, buddy, but we might need some help. So using Felix's ability, Felix reaches for Inky's Pokeball nice. and throws it out into the open, pops out just in front of Felix. Felix looks at both Inky and Pratchett and says, I need you both here. Close the gap. Get in there as quick as you can. So I'm just going to send them both forwards, essentially. Pratchett's got 30 foot of walking, Inky's got 30 foot of flying, so we'll just get them sort of to, to level up with Boomer, sort of side by side. We're 95 feet away from each other. Okay, at the end of your turn, the blue orbs start to glow on the Regigigas. Shit, here we go. You see a blue aura come round the Regigigas, but nothing else happens that you're aware of. Okay. Is it still just stood there? So Regigigas is going to keep going. It's going to do another 25 feet towards you. Uh, it's kind of coming around the side of the cross shapes now. So it is 70 feet away from all of you. From Boomer. Yeah. Okay, it's going to hold a reaction. Can't attack, yeah. Chuck's seen the Dragon Rage do kind of very little, seemingly, to the Regigigas. Thinks, okay, we're going to need some more firepower here. Boomer's going to move closer, and Chuck's going to shout, okay, this time try Fire Pledge. So... How close are you moving? So she's going to move 30 feet, and Fire Pledge has got 40 feet range. Yep, we are 40 feet away. Should just catch it. It's not, it's not going to hit. It's a 15. That will not hit. No, I didn't think it would. <laughs> so as Boomer sort of fires off this fire pledge and your vision sort of engulfed by these flames, what you don't see is that it almost just stops just right in front of the Regigigas as he's moving and it just dissipates. Oh, shit. And he's not even, not even affected. He's not even hit. He just got a little, just felt it. It was like a hot summer's day in a cave <laughs> for a second. It's like the Garchomp in the last episode just cracks out his little uh, reflector ray. Pratchett and Inky are still charging towards the Regigigas as well. And what we're going to do is... So yeah, they both get another 30 foot closer as well. So they're within 40 foot of, um, of the Regigigas now as well. Phoenix shouts out to Pratchett. Let's show him what you've got, buddy. Hit that thing with an energy ball. That's got 40 foot of range. So that should um, be enough. So... <laughs> Dirty 20. Hits. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. Pratchett's able to suck in some energy as he goes. You start to see the tree on his back rustle as he fires off an energy ball that goes straight towards the abdomen of the Regigigas, doing 24 grass damage. Yeah, the Regigigas gets hit by the energy ball, which sort of just explodes on contact as he's still charging towards you. And then you see the blue gems glow again. And the damage from the energy ball seems to... It was like almost blackened at one point in his chest, just sort of smokes away and disappears as this blue aura covers him. Shit. Healing itself. Regigigas' slow start is over. He's, gonna, he's picked up his pace oh, and he is absolutely chonking it towards <laughs> you guys. And Shit. He is going to move 50 feet towards Boomer first and he's sort of stood underneath Boomer and he's going to go for a rock tomb. Shit. 
So Boomer needs to make an evasion check. Dirty 20. Fails. So from underneath Boomer, these rocks just appear from the ground and then they sort of rise up and Boomer's looking at them in the air and then they just crunch onto her and then bring her straight back down to the floor doing 23 rock damage, which is going to get doubled to 46. Boomer's also now trapped under the rocks, so she's going to have to try and escape at the beginning of her turn, which is now. And Chuck shouts out to her and says, come on, break out of there, and rolls to 21 this time. Fails. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. You can just see the rocks like moving slightly, but nothing's coming out of it. Can I still attack? Uh, yes, you just can't move. Chuck's going to use his Professor Feet as his bonus action now. Okay. So choose a Pokemon and identify all four of its known moves. Regigigas has more than four moves. Okay. Regigigas has six moves. Six, you six see. Moves. We, only know, we only get to know four of those. No, I'll tell you all six. Okay. So it knows... Just to scare us. It knows Giga Impact, Thunder Punch, Confuse Ray, Heavy Slam, Zen Headbutt, and Rock Tomb. Chuck's like trying to rack his brains, like going through this um, almost like textbook of sort of myth- mythical Pokemon that he read. He's like, Rock Tomb, Giga Impact, Thunder Punch, Confuse Ray, Heavy Slam, Zen Headbutt, maybe some others, but I'm pretty sure those are like its common moves. Okay. Boomer, if you can hear me, just try and shoot out a flamethrower underneath the rock. It's going to be pretty wild. Um, Regigigas is going to need to make an evasion check. 16. It's going to fail. Okay. So the rocks kind of funnel the stream of flame, which manages to catch one of the bushes on Regigigas's leg. It'll take 21 fire damage. Felix, you're up with Inky and Pratchett. You also, by the way, Jack, you get plus two to your attack rolls. Okay. Yeah, seeing Pratchett's energy ball sort of bounce off the Regigigas almost, and seeing Boomer in a little bit of trouble, Felix is going to pivot a little bit and try and change tack. He's going to shout out to Inky, float up to its face, let's put it to sleep. So we're going to use a hypnosis. So, if you could make a wisdom save, please. Nine. Fails. Ooh. Inky is able to get its hands in front of what it thinks is its eyes, just kind of in front of some of the gems, and starts to rock them side to side in the metronome fashion that we've become accustomed to. After charging so quickly, you just see the Regigigas come to a complete stop. It just sort of starts making some noises that you think might be snoring but you can't really tell because they sound just weird what's uh what are you going to tell pratchett to do pratchett is going to hold firm where he is let's see if Roger Pigas wakes up he does not wake up yes wow yeah i know wow that's a <laughs> shitter that's a shitter isn't it right back round to <laughs> so Uber. glad i kept it nice sick Uber's going to try and bust out of this rock tomb oh, that saved my blushes actually because Auto hit wouldn't have been nice. That's a dirty 20, so it's still not going to do it. I've rolled a 7 and an 8 and a 7 on those. Roll higher. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, roll higher. So she's still struggling against the rocks, but bracing herself for impact of this, these rocks closing in on her more, but it doesn't come for some reason. So Chuck's like, okay, Boomer, now's your chance. Hit it again with another flamethrower. That one's going to do 29 fire damage. Okay. Scratcher and Inky. Ratchet and Inky. Inky is very happy with himself and is floating around the head of the Regigigas, kind of almost in a mocking manner, despite the sheer size of the beasts in front of him. Felix shouts out, Okay, now's your chance, Inky. Put a bit of distance between you. Hit it with a sludge bomb. So we're going to get it to just sort of fly out a little bit further so Inky can't get hit by any splashback here. And he just 
opens his mouth wide and flakes a massive sludge bomb at the target. 26 poison damage. You just see it hit its square in the in the middle of its head, sort of covers its gems with a sticky poison. Uh, and you see as the sludge bomb hits and the splashback goes around. So with sludge bomb, it actually creates a five foot area of poison around the target as well. Oh, nice. Um, and then any creature that enters that area on their turn or is in that area at the beginning of their turn must make a save to see if they become poisoned. Obviously, that depends on if Ooh. he's asleep or not. A little bed of poison. And Pratchett? Pratchett is just going to continue to hold his ground. I'll get him to shuffle up to about 15 foot closer so Felix just shuts okay. out. Pratchett, stay on guard. Get a bit closer just in case these guys need your help. So Pratchett's just kind of, yeah, he's, he's sort of just staying a bit of a sentry at the moment. So Regigigas, who is stood just away from Uma's rock pile that she's trapped under, <laughs> is still snoozing away and he hasn't woken up. Yes, come on. Oh my God. Fucking hell. Come on. So this is this has got to be the one to bust out. Yeah, that should do it at 28. That'll do it. Fucking yes. Okay, so this time you just see like the rocks slowly rumble and shift. And then they just like get blown apart and Boomer's wings just unfurl out of them. She roars at this Reggie Gigas and he's going to unleash a flamethrower straight away. Nice. And that one's going to do 31 fire damage. Okay. Unleashed nice. In front nice. Of chipping away. Chipping away. After the flamethrower, Boomer's going to fly around, like swoop around the cavern, but in a backwards arc. And she's going to finish behind Pratchett. Okay. Inky and Pratchett, you're up. Inky is, like I say, he's whizzing around the head of the Regigigas, very happy with himself with what he's done to help subdue this massive creature so far. Felix is starting to feel a little, little bit more confident, and Felix turns to Pratchett and goes, now's your time, buddy. Focus up, take aim, hit it with another energy ball. Pratchett is able to take his time a little bit more. He's not running towards the Regigigas anymore. He can kind of plant his feet and absorb as much energy as he can. He's gonna suck in all of what he can 23. That hits. Nice. Pratchett unleashes a good-sized ball of green energy towards the midriff of the Red Gigas. And it hits and explodes up the front, doing 21 grass damage. Good hit. Making some dents. Chipping away. Probably not, actually. Felix knows that he shouldn't be, but he's starting to feel a little bit too comfortable and confident in this fight. Don't say that. So, Reggie Gigas has been gently snoozing. He's still in that pool of poison, but he's not going to be poisoned because he's asleep at the start of his turn. Yeah. But with a roar, wakes up. Fuck. And Inky is sort of caught off guard a bit by the roar rattling through the air. And Reggie Gigas just swings its two giant arms round, grabs Inky by the side of its floaty head oh, God, and it just <laughs> headbutts it glowing pink oh, no. with a big zen headbutt that does 27 psychic damage which will then be oh, my doubled, to doubled to 54 oh, gotta be like half its hp poor old inky and we're back round to boomer boomer's behind pratchett now kind of like dancing around a little bit swooping circling overhead just trying to make herself a little bit more evasive Chuck's going to shout, okay, now it's woken up. Let's burn it. Flamethrower again. Uh, I'm going to get it to fly in closer and just do it as more of a concentrated blast into its chest. Okay. With a massive roar and her belly just fills up like this. You know, what, what are those things that you stoke a fire with? Those like buffer things. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. They look like mini accordions. Yeah. Just fills up with that and just unle <laughs> unleashes this massive burst of flame that catches the Regigigas in the center. 
not going to burn it, though. It's going to do 27 fire damage. You're dead yet. <laughs> oh god! As this torrent of fire hits the Regigigas, you see through the flames a pink glow. Mm. More boulders come out of the ground and surround Boomer, smashing mm. into it as Boomer gets hit with a rock tomb. It's my go. Yeah, it's Jack. No, it's not. Oh, he's doing a thing. He's doing a doing thing. Doing a DD thing. Glow. There's a pink glow. Sneaky boss thing. So the boulders come out the air, surround Boomer, then crunch into it one more time. Need Boomer to make another evasion check. <laughs> 17. Yep. I've fucked all of these. Absolutely fails. So the rocks, again, just drag Boomer down to the ground, who's just sort of like crushed underneath it, and it's going to take 29 rock damage, which is then double. another 58. 58. And just hear like this groan underneath the rocks and Chuck's just crying out for her. Now it's Felix. After the Zen headbutt that Inky receives, you kind of just Felix looks up looks up and shouts out, Inky, no! And he's sort of searching around the roof of the cabin and he can't see where Inky's gone. You just see like the remnants of a bit of a purple wisp just after he's been headbutted by this giant behemoth of a Pokemon. Felix is trying to shout out. Inky, Inky, where are you, buddy? And he's searching around, looking at the roof of the cavern, around the floor and around the rocks that Regigigas has just chucked at Boomer. But he can't see where Inky is. He's just shouting out, Inky, Inky, show yourself, buddy. I need you. And you just see, all of a sudden, in the distance at the top of the cavern, a white light starts to form. Felix is, what? what's going on? What's that? You just see the light gets a bit brighter and a bit brighter, and with a sudden flash it illuminates the cave but you still don't really see anything that's gone on and then just appearing in front of Felix in his shadow in the floor you just see two big red eyes and a giant smile appear as out of the floor sick of a Cheshire cat a big Cheshire cat going out of the floor you start to see a spiky almost like ears but appendages come out and a nice a big thick round body jumps out in front, blows a big raspberry at Felix as Inky has finally evolved into nice. the best Pokemon in the world, Gengar. Gengar! So Felix just mouth agape, soon morphs into the same grin as Inky and goes, buddy, you never fail to impress me. I need you now here. Fly up to it, get in close. Let's get in its head. Hit it with a psychic. Gengar flies off towards the Regigigas' face. You just see his eyes are glowing purple, a pinky purple, as he tries to hit with a psychic. A natural Dean goes to a 25. Hits. You just see with a similar pink glow the Regigigas emitted as it was hitting Boomer with the rocks, just starts go around the whole body and you just kind of see you can see that Gengar's really trying to pick up this giant beast he can't quite manage it but you can just sort of see he's almost starting to get squeezed like a wet sponge not massively but just starting to wring him out a little bit um, and that will do 28 psychic damage nice nice Pratchett Pratchett is smiling at Gengar, seeing him fly off and appear in front of him. But again, yeah, Pratchett is just kind of 
holding ground, holding firm at the moment, still about 25 feet away from Red Gigas. Red Gigas is going to go for another Rock Tomb, which automatically hits on Boomer. God damn! Absolutely pummeled here. So it's going to do 20 rock damage, and all you see are the rocks just sort of just twisting on top of Boomer, just crushing it and driving it further into the ground. Ooh, and the rocks start to glow like this molten red as well. And with that, she's going to try and bust out of it. But it just, just cannot escape this molten stream of rock pouring down on, on top of her. Um, I'll roll a three, by the way. I love this. And then... Boomer's <laughs> just getting absolutely... Chuck knows that she's not got much left. Just going to have to go for the same thing. Says, okay, give it all you've got. Flamethrower. Sorry, Reggie Gigas is going to have to make an evasion check. 23. Yep, okay. <laughs> Sorry, 22. Yeah, it's going to pass the evasion check. So 27 halved. Takes oh, plus my, plus my blaze. Hold on, hold on. 31 halved. So it's going to take 15 fire damage. Okay. They're just roaring. You can just hear this roar underneath the rocks. Again, there's another pink glow from the Reggie Gigas's gems, and they just see the rocks crunching down on Boomer <laughs> one more time. <laughs> so vindictive. Gone. And Boomer's going to take 32 oh, rock damage, which is then doubled to 64. 64. And the rocks just look like they cool off, and there's just a sizzle, and Chuck knows that she's given it all that she's got. Chuck with an anguish says, Boomer, return! Fires the, the beam of light towards the rocks. And Chuck's like, his fists clenched, he's shaking now, and he's thinking, right, right, that's it. Okay, Rowdy, we've dealt with his three minions, let's take this one down. Inky and Pratchett. Inky and Pratchett, visibly deflated after seeing Boomer go down in the way that, he, uh, the way that she did. Felix steals his resolve and goes, come on, guys. Let's get some revenge. Inky, get in its head again. Hit it with another psychic. So Inky, getting to terms with its newfound power, as it's evolved into a mighty mighty Gengar. We're gonna try and get in its mind again, um, but I don't think an 18 is gonna hit. Nope, 18 does not hit. Damn. So yeah, Inky, like I say, still trying to get to grips with the new ways to do things in his new form. You see his eyes glow purpley pink, and uh, there's a faint outline around the red gigas, but he's just not able to hold his concentration long enough to do any damage. It just filters out. Seeing this, Pratchett is going to just charge forwards an extra 10 feet. So he's about 15 feet um, away from the red gigas now. Reggie gigas is not phased by the evolution of Inky whatsoever. But he is <laughs> aware that this thing is trying to lift him up or get in his mind and quick as anything after the psychic fails he again just grabs Gengar round the side of its body its head glowing purple and just smashes it with another zen headbutt and it's going to do 29 psychic damage which is then double to 58 and then sort of lets go of Gengar as it does it just making it zoom backwards into one of the trees in the corner of the room Rowdy. How far is Inky from Rowdy? Inky's now behind Rowdy. So if Rowdy's in front of Chuck, Chuck's next to one of the trees, Inky's in that, well, smashed into that tree. Pratchett is between Rowdy and the Reggie. Yeah. Rowdy seeing, seeing Gengar just get smashed into this pit, into that tree behind him, turns around to see him and Chuck says, help Inky out. Hit him with a heel pulse. Ooh. 
I'm going to do a whole lot. <laughs> it's going to help. It's going to do... going to heal it for 17 hit points. Nice. Yeah, you just see Inky sort of slide down the trunk of the tree and land next to Rowdy. And as he gets hit by this beam, you just sort of see his smile was starting to fade a little bit. But it's almost like he's just got a nice warm hug. It just sort of looks a little bit more ready for battle again. Chuck says to Fe turns to Felix and says, try and keep it distracted. I've got an idea. Got it. And Rowdy's now going to start Naruto running. He's going to take the end, going to take the side of the wall. So he's going to kind of curve behind the tree and start running towards the, around the side of the room in the direction of the Reggie Gigas. As Rowdy is Naruto running, the pink orbs on the Reggie Gigas glow again. And this time, Rowdy sort of just starts to shake its head as some sort of like dark aura clouds his eyes before disappearing and Rowdy is confused with a confused ray. Oh, what? But he shakes it off because he uses detect. <gasps> cool. Inky, Pratchett. Yeah, hearing Chuck's plan that he's got a bit of a plan for Rowdy, Felix shouts out to Inky, now's your time, buddy. It's getting close. Charge at it. Hit it with a wood hammer. Pratchett's it. Inky doesn't know no, did, I, did I say Inky? Sorry. Pratchett's going to charge up towards Regigigas and you start to see the trunk of the tree and every, all of his sort of side of the body look like it almost hardens with a bright green glow as he slams into the feet, the sort of grassy bushes on the feet of the Regigigas. 34 grass damage. Oof. With that sort of impact, Pratchett is going to take a little bit of that damage itself as well. Regigigas seeing Pratchett's, well, feeling Pratchett slam into it with a wood hammer is going to turn around and lift its two giant arms up which glow, no, which sort of like sheen in the, the light coming from the rocks on the wall and it just brings them both down on Pratchett's shell using a heavy slam. 25 steel damage. Pratchett takes it like a champ. You see some of the leaves on his bush sort of float off towards the ground as he takes the hit, but he looks undeterred. Nice. So Rowdy's kind of making his way around the corner of the room. So he basically just needed to put enough space between himself, Pratchett, and Chuck and Felix as well. Because now you can kind of guess what's going to come next. Chuck raises his palms over his head, and then Rowdy does the same thing. Their eyes glowing blue, and this just ball of energy just starts to just grow and crackle between his, between his palms. Chuck's going to shut. When I give you the signal, make some space. <laughs> so he's going to hold hold an action to grow the Saurosphere. Yeah, hearing that, Felix shouts out to Pratchett, you heard him, get around the back of that Regigigas. So I want to just basically stay in its melee area, but just kind of sort of charge around the back of it, if that's possible. Yep. And as we're doing so, Felix says, charge around the back of that Regigigas, build up some steam, then unleash an earthquake. So as he's charging around, I'm going to get him to just start stomping a little bit heavier, a little bit, a little bit heavier. Then as he gets around the back of him, he's just going to slam his two front feet into the ground and let loose with an earthquake. Uh, so you take 31 ground damage halved to 15. Nice. So yeah, you see the ground around the feet of the Regigigas. You sort of see some of the, the rocks point into its legs, the jagged rocks just sort of dag into its legs. And obviously with it being such a huge creature, it's able to stay on its feet quite well. But you can start to see a little bit of damage to one of its feet in particular that Pratchett's been targeting. As the dust settles, the blue orbs on the front of the Regigigas glow 
and you see some of that damage on its leg just wisp away. Shit. It's in rough terrain now, isn't it? It's the earth. Yeah. Reggie Gigas is going to, seeing as it can't get to Rowdy and it knows what's coming anyway, he's going to turn around to Pratchett and we're going to go for a very close range Giga impact. And it's almost like a one inch kind of punch it's going to try and attempt. <laughs> holy, holy fuck. I have to roll this twice. I don't have that many dice. I hate it when you say that. Not often. I mean, it's, a, that. it's a Giga impact. It's going to be stabbed from a Regigigas. It's level 19. Yeah. So the Regigigas turns around, seeing that it can't get anywhere close to Rowdy, who's charging the attack. And with just like a one inch sort of shoulder barge, just plows into Pratchett with a Giga Impact doing 53 normal damage. Fuck no. me, that's a big hit. I can imagine it's like, it's almost like a six inch thing, but it just the speed and power that it puts behind it is just ridiculous. Yeah, you almost can't believe that something that size can produce so much power at short range, but it just sort of just drives itself straight into Pratchett and just absolutely clatters it. Chuck can just feel like this like wave of, of air. Backgrounds are rowdy in Chuck, though. Chuck's clenching his teeth, clenching his fists, his hands still above his head, and he's just he's locking eyes with Rowdy and says, keep going, keep going. Gonna go for another turn of holding it, growing it. Felix seeing at the corner of his eye the size of this aura sphere that Rowdy's building, understands that Pratchett just needs to keep keep the Regigigas occupied as long as possible. But seeing the hit that he's just taken, we're gonna try and get a little bit of that back. Seeing Pratchett wincing, Felix shouts, don't let him do you like that. Let's get some of that energy back here with a Mega Drain. So we're gonna shoot off some spores out of the side of Pratchett's shell into the Regigigas with a, uh, and that's 15 then. That won't, no, it won't hit. So yeah, the, the spores that come out of the side of Pratchett's shell to try and lock into the Regigigas actually just get blocked by some of the rubble from the earthquake. He's not able to make contact after being knocked sideways by that Giga Impact. And as the Giga Impact doesn't work, the blue orbs on the front of, the blue gems on the front of Regigigas glow again. Giving it a little bit of health back. I don't like that. Mm. Reggie Gigas is going to make a dash attempt and move 50 feet in the direction of Rowdy. Seeing the Reggie Gigas turn about and charge towards Rowdy, Felix shouts out to Pratchett, Now's your chance! Slow it, try and slow it down. Hit it again with another wood hammer. Pratchett's able to dig his heels in and launches. Launch the tree part of his body at the Regigigas as it's dashing away. 38 grass damage. So as the Regigigas takes the wood hammer, it almost pushes it on a little bit, and it keeps up its rhythm, running towards Rowdy, who's charging this spirit bomb. <laughs> and he's going to go for another Confuse Ray as he skids to the end of his movement. Ooh. 16 with disadvantage. Yeah, hits. Oh, Rowdy fuck. is confused. Uh, I'm going to try a detect. Surely you can't if you're charging up a spirit bomb above your head. Well, you tell tell me. I'm going to say you're charging up that, you're concentrating on that. You can't then stop it and detect at the same time. Okay. So background to Rowdy. Yeah. Chuck's seeing this Regigigas tanking its way towards Rowdy. You're confused for for one round. (laughs) You choose to charge. You fail confusion. It dissipates above your head. 
you would you throw it you fail confusion it blows up in rowdy's face or you pass confusion and you charge or you attack it you're only accused you're only confused for one round and the reggie gigas isn't in range enough but such that if it were to blow now it's going to take any damage i mean if it blows i'll say whatever the damage is rowdy will take about 80 percent of it and fuck it chuck shouts release (laughs) rolls a 13. (gasps) that's good Ten, that it? passes the confusion test. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank fuck for that. Oh, man. <laughs> so this massive, Rowdy's eyes just go like, they look like they're on fire now. This blue aura surrounding him and this giant crackling ball of just untethered energy goes towards this Reggie Gigas that's tanking its way towards it, smashing it square in the chest and just stopping it in its tracks. You've got the Reggie Gigas just tanking it, trying to tank its way against the ball. It's just starting to like, the ball is starting to envelope its way around it. So it's going to do 108 damage total. That is a big old hit. Yeah, that hit kind of slams into Reggie Gigas, who was like skid into a halt as he was sending this confused ray and almost knocks it back into one of the pillars in the middle of the room, just like absolutely destroying nice. that pillar. Uh, the second one in and Reggie Gigas he sort of just roars and stands up amongst the dust of the stone that's just been shattered. Um, and now he's back round to Pratchett and Inky. Yeah, so seeing this massive, massive Aurosphere hit in the face of the Regigigas and seeing it sort of stumble off balance, we're going to try and make things even more tricky for it. So Felix shouts out to Inky, now's your time, hit it with another sludge bomb. So we're going to chuck a sludge bomb at its face. It's 10 now. So 26 to hit. Hit. It does 20 poison damage. So following up quickly behind the Aurosphere, you see pretty much in the same spot, a big sticky sludge just hits right in the middle of the Regigigas. And the poison and sludge from that hit just sort of spread around in a circle just around the uh, around the Regigigas as well. Yeah, as Regigigas takes the sludge bomb, its blue gems glow again. Um, actually, but the it's almost like the effect of the sludge bomb just sort of wipes away and just joins the rest of the sludge on the floor. At the start of your turn, you've got to do a on save. 30. <laughs> I think it passed that one. Uh, yeah. So, Gigas doesn't take any poison damage as you just see splashes of this poison just sort of like fly into the air as he just starts charging at Rowdy again. Shit. He runs 50 feet towards Rowdy, skidding again as he uses a rock to. And you see the rocks around Rowdy's feet just come out of the ground and then just crunch on Rowdy, just trying to pin him in place. And Rowdy needs to make a evasion check. 27 with advantage? Yep. Or a natural 2 on the other. <laughs> 27 with advantage. So yeah, the rocks hit Rowdy, but they sort of just bounce off his body. He's punching, he's punching them out as they're flying towards him, just like pelleting him. He's just trying to punch them out of the sky, but obviously he's taking some hits as well. Yeah, so he's going to take... Uh, 28 damage which will be halved for the amount of blocks he gets in and then halved again for resistances. So nice. he's only going to take Sweet. 7 rock damage and is still fighting. 
And cool. now it's Rowdy's go. Okay, it's left itself vulnerable. Hit it with a force palm. So now Rowdy's going to run up right into melee combat with Reggie Gigas and then go in with an uppercut. So you go, going right between the nads. <laughs> 24 to hit. Uh, as you see Rowdy go to hit the white orbs on Reggie Gigas's chest glow and Rowdy's going to have to roll to hit again. Oh my god. No, 18. Doesn't hit. So as the orbs glow, Rowdy sort of stops the force palm just before it hits the Reggie Gigas. Doesn't realise what's going on as this light sort of gleams in his eyes. Oh, I should have used my fucking professor thing. That would have hit then. Oh well. And now we're at Ratchet and Inky again. Ratchet and Inky again, and seeing that this Regigigas is A, dealing some damage, and B, also doing whatever it's doing to seemingly not take damage from some of the hits. Felix shouts out to Inky, you've done it once, you can do it again, buddy. Let's put it to sleep. Let's go for a hypnosis. So you're going to try and put it to sleep again. Okay. So if you could do a wisdom save, please. Five. Yes, fails. Inky's able to get in there close, light its eyes, and use its hands and whole body as a, like kind of a metronome in front of it. it. Starts to sing it a little lullaby as you see again. It starts to shut down. Starts to snooze again as Inky puts it to sleep. Right, back round to Gigas. Then does he wake up? No, still asleep. Yes. Felix turns to Chuck at this point and goes, <clears throat> "It's asleep. This is the chance. Hit it big." So Chuck shouts, okay, this time we can't miss. Hit it again, this time with a force palm. Give it all you've got. Please tell me I have advantage because I just rolled a nat 20. Yes, you have advantage. Come on. <laughs> you've got a nat 20. Finally. You need it. Yeah, that was my second roll. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so it's going to be 32 damage, doubled to 64. Unfortunately, not going to paralyze, or it would. But this time, Rowdy manages to just thrust his palm right into the like the kneecap of the Reggie Gigas, which buckles it. <laughs> Ouch. Big out. Inky and Pratchett. Felix shouts out to Pratchett. Get in there. Take its other leg down. Hit it with another wood hammer. 29 to hit. Yep, that hits. Uh, another 34 grass damage as Pratchett careens into the other leg of the Regigigas, trying to take it down to the floor as best it can, using all of its body weight. Uh, obviously, you can see there's some recoil damage from that itself. Yeah, but Pratchett charges in using the pointy side of its shell to really inflict as much damage as it can. Regigigas wakes up. Shit. Now we're in trouble. Regigigas wakes up and with a roar, it just pulls one of its fists back and you just hear it starting to fizz and crackle. And then it just punches Rowdy right in his snout using thunder Oof. punch. It's going to do 25 electric damage, and Rowdy is paralysed. Oh, fuck that. I'm going for a detail. <laughs> no, fails. <laughs> Catches him way off guard. And Rowdy's up next. Rowdy's up next. Rowdy's been sent flying, crashes into one of the stone pillars like nearby the Reggie Gigas, um, and kind of slumps down, slowly gets to his feet. He's panting. Chuck's panting. The aura is dissipated around them, and they're no longer bonded. Come on, buddy, you can still fight. Danny, though, got a roll. <laughs> yeah, Danny, though. <laughs> you can still fight, I hope. <laughs> Hit it with an aura sphere. Two, is that good? Yeah, as yeah. long as it's not a one. I should That's know, nice. I've rolled a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> going to do 14 fights. It's going to send a small concentrated ball 
up towards the Regigigas, hopefully hitting it on one of the spheres. Going to do 14 fighting damage, double to 28. Nice. As the Aura Sphere hits, the pink gems on the Regigigas glow, as does his head as he wraps his hands around Rowdy and goes for another Zen headbutt. Shit. But Nat wants it. No. Yes! <gasps> yes! All and that reaction was either a crit or a Nat one. He, I know. He just, he sort of, like, as he goes, fail. as he goes to grab Rowdy, he just sort of swings and Rowdy just ducks out of the way and it's just like a big swing and a miss and he's almost like hugging himself at the end of it. Um, and yeah, moves over to Pratchett and Inky slash or Inky. Shit. Seeing again a bit of a, an open window here. We're going to get Pratchett to keep on battering the same leg with another wood hammer. Try to bring this beast down to its knees. Um, Felix is looking at Pratchett at the same time to kind of see if he can, if he's okay with this. And you can kind of see he's, he's panting a bit heavily. He's, he's scratched and scraped a bit, but his eyes tighten on the Regigigas's leg and he charges him for another Woodhammer. Uh, 12, 10, 10, 10, 22 to hit. Hits. Come on. Woodhammer's a joke. It does so much damage. I crit and did less. Yeah. But it's <laughs> on a raw roll. 4d10, 28 uh, grass damage as he launches himself into the same leg again. So we've got Pratchett and Rowdy basically just trying to kneecap this. Pretty much, yeah. Just no holds barred, hardcore match. Just trying to bring it down to size. Where's Inky? Inky is in front of his sort of like just he's in about a ten meter. Uh, he's about ten foot in front of the Reggie Gas. He's just kind of zipping around his head, but just sort of say he's ten ten foot away in the air at any one point. Reggie Gigas turns around to Pratchett after taking these wood hammers and getting kneecaps on, <laughs> on, on the reg. <laughs> and he's going to go for another one inch giga impact with 21 to hit. Mega impact. Now you tell him, Jan. <laughs> Just thought of something. If Dynamax, Gigantamax was a thing, I could Ant Man A bomb <laughs> into the Reggie Gigas's ass. <laughs> So Reggie Gigas just sort of ducks its shoulder down and just drives it into Pratchett. It's going to do 53 normal damage. Jesus Christ. Ridiculous. Barry flinches and chucks it. Come on, I've got a feeling here. We might be close. Was a two. Not paralysed. Goes in with a force palm. There's no status effects on Reggie Gigas right now, no? No. Was a natural 18. So it's going to paralyse it back. Nice. The... White <laughs> glow of the Regigigas oh, makes you roll it again. <laughs> oh, no, that's not that. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. It's, it's a one. It's a one. It's a natty one. A natty one. Well, you see the fizz then. It just it, it, it tries to paralyze itself again with a natural one. <laughs> and it's, its force palm just sort of explodes with a static instead. Oh, fuck. And Rowdy just stood there staring at its own palm like shit. It's like, uh, yeah, Iron Man sort of palm, palm shooters just malfunctioning. As the force palm doesn't work, the Regigigas is going to take advantage of the confusion. And it's going to, its blue orbs are going to glow and it's going to get some health back. Right, Ratchet and Inky. Ratchet and Inky, dead. seeing the turn of events in the last sort of round of combat, Felix feels like they need to pull something out of the bag here. So he's going to shout out to Inky again. Come on, buddy. You've got his number. 
get inside his head. Put it to sleep. Let's go for a hypnosis. Oh, I'm going to try and get it to fall asleep again. Oh, that's natural 18, 30, 20. Doesn't, doesn't quite do it, unfortunately. Inky gets down in his face and starts to move his body like a metronome, but the the Regigigas is wise to his ways now and is able to fight off the slumber and stays awake. With the failure of the hypnosis, Regigigas just grabs Gengar in the air and with its head glowing pink, just smashes it with a Zen headbutt. Crit hitting. And doing a grand total of 92 psychic damage. Fucking hell. It's huge. Gengar goes the puddle. Down. Bit of a niche reference, but it's like uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World when he gets KO'd. You <laughs> just sort of see him sort of spin backwards in the air. His eyes start to swirl. He just lands at Felix's feet with a big puff of dust as he lands. Felix bends down, sort of cradles him in his arms and goes, oh, that was so good, buddy. You did such a great job. Take a well-earned rest. Come on back. So Felix brings back Inky, looking at the battlefield, who's there, who's out. Felix grabs a Pokeball. Show us your full strength. Reptar, come on out. So I'm going to chuck Reptar again in the kind of... So he's sort of about 20 feet away from... And as Tyranitar pops out of his ball and hits the deck with an almighty roar, pouring out of the holes in his body and starts to whip round the cavern and a sandstorm is in effect. Nice. Clenching his teeth, fighting through it, Chuck shouts, okay, give it one more time, force palm. Um, I'm not even going to bother rolling paralysis because I nat (laughs) one. Sweet. Again, this force palm just not working for Rowdy whatsoever. But as before, a pink glow comes from the Reggie Gigas. So the Reggie Gigas, seeing that the force palm didn't work again, this time goes for a Zen headbutt on Rowdy, picking it up off the ground and just headbutting it, doing Fuck. 31 psychic damage. Jesus. Pratchett and Reptar are up with the sand whipping round. Pratchett and Reptile are both pretty at home in these conditions. Felix shouts over to Reptile and says, Let's see your newfound power, buddy. Bury that Regigigas. Hit it with a rock slide. 18. Damn. On the nose, yeah. Oh. Reptile, still getting his feel for the battle, isn't able to get massive boulders out of the, the whipping sandstorm, but he manages to chuck some good-sized rocks at the Regigigas and does 24 rock damage. Um, which is halves to 12. Nice. And you will take six damage at the start of your turn for the um, chip damage from Sandstorm. So buffeted by the Sandstorm, the Regigigas still staring down Rowdy after the Zen Headbutt. We're going to go for a point-blank Giga Impact because they seem to have been doing Oh my well. God. <laughs> Rowdy's going to try and detect. Twenty! <laughs> Rowdy's going to try and detect. Come on. 13. Oh, it's close. So the Regigigas swings it, well, just shoves its shoulder down and just crams straight into Rowdy, scoring a critical hit, smashing through. Holy motherfucking cheese. Smashing through its defenses. 
so much damage. And it Rowdy like weakly tries to get up this force field and then just like the scene goes almost goes black and white as Rowdy just takes this impact. 130 normal damage. Oh my goodness <laughs> me. Oh my god, which luckily is gonna be halved for Rowdy's resistance. But Jesus Christ. That's gonna get halved to 65. There were a lot of high numbers in that. <laughs> Jesus, I can see a little phase how excited you were. It's 130. It's annoying that that's halved, but it's 130. Right, uh, Felix, you're up. Yeah, Fracture is looking a little bit worse for wear. So Felix shouts out for him to put some distance between the two. So I'm going to get into runners 30 feet away from the Ridge Gigas. Yeah. So let's hear what you're up, buddy. Hit it with a Mega Drain. Come on, I know you've got it in you. So I'm going to try and send out some leeching spores. Uh, that is a natural 20. Oh, come on. Perfect. Ooh. Pratchett's able to put the distance between himself and the Regigigas about turns and fires off these spores into pretty much the grassy bushes on the feet of the Regigigas where he's been hitting before. And you can see the Regigigas winces a little bit in pain as Pratchett is able to start leeching some of his power out for 34 grass damage. Nice. So, and I'm going to get half of that back. Okay, so Reggie Gigas, after taking this mega drain, knows that it needs to start knocking some motherfuckers out. <laughs> and start it taking names. grabs Rowdy, who's not been able to do much the last couple of turns, and picks him up. And He's then just battered, bruised, and broken right now. Just headbutts it again with a Zen headbutt. It's going to do 38 psychic damage. And with that, down. with that, he drops Rowdy's lifeless... Lifeless? Limp, okay. KO. <laughs> limp body to the floor and then turns around oh and charges in the direction of Pratchett. Chuck looks dejected, broken at this point, but turns Rowdy to his both points. Fists are clenching into his palms that he's starting to draw blood on his hands. Grabs the next Pokeball from his belt looking at Reptar and says, go on, why don't you go play with your friend? <laughs> Chuck throws his Pokeball out into the um, out into the, the swirling stream of sand coming out of Reptar, and you can't see what he sent out. And then Chuck says, stay hidden in the sand. Smash that Regigigash with a dual chop. As Mako goes in with a dual chop. going to do 22 dragon damage. So you just see this, like, this fin just circling the Regigigash as the sandstorm swirling around it. And then it just darts out and smashes it again, aiming for the kneecap. And then it's going to dart back into the sand. So because he's got the mobile feet and after you make a melee attack, you don't take an attack of opportunity. After the slashes, Regigigas sort of leans back, like pained as it takes this hit to the back. And then the pink orbs, the orbs on its front glow pink <sighs> as it stands over Pratchett. And it raises its arms again, and they glint like a silver as it slams down on Pratchett's shell for a heavy slam. And it's going to do 37 steel damage to Pratchett. It takes this big hit to his shell, and you hear it roar out in pain. His legs start to shake a little bit and buckle as he takes the hit, but you start to see all the green bits of his body start to glow a little bit brighter. You sort of see a steely resolve in his eye. Felix is up. Getting the sense that Pratchett is not doing too well. Felix looks over to him and goes, 
Bertie, have you got it in you? Can you pull it out one more time? Ratchet nods, grits his teeth, and you start to see his tree glow as he swings onto the watches himself back into the same leg of the Red Gigas for another wood hammer. So a natural 17 plus 10, so 27 to hit. Yeah, that hits. So Pratchett's able to just about muster the strength to launch himself back into the Regigigas, hitting with the tree side of his body into the same leg that he's been targeting all the way through for another 31 grass damage. Nice. Takes it. Pratchett, you can see him wincing more pain as uh, as he lands back on his feet, facing down the Regigigas, ready to go. At this point, Reptar, uh, Felix shouts out to Reptar and says, get in there and help your buddy Reptar, charge in as close as you can. So Reptar's going to get into melee range as well with the Regigigas. So sort of like pretty much the other side of Regigigas from where, where Pratchett is. So Regigigas will take the Sandstorm damage. And die. And then after the wood hammer. That's what kills it, that'd be so <laughs> it's <like> funny. <laughs> Natty One's a Giga Impact. Yes! Come on! And just completely whiffs. It's sort of like it's taken so many hits to the knee that as it bends down its shoulder to smash into Ratchet, it it just its knee buckles and it ends up being on one knee instead, giving Mako its attack time. The shark fin is just still circling the uh, still circling the Reggie Gigas, and Chuck says, "Okay, one more time, dual chop, aim for both knees again. One's gonna miss, one's gonna do a twenty-three. Yep, hits. Gonna do twenty dragon damage. Sort of glances off one knee, and then with the second one makes a really pure impact on the side of the cap, and Mako dives back into the sand. The gems on the front of Reggie Gigas glow pink, and as it hits its knee from the fail of the Giga impact." It follows through and just slams its head straight into Pratchett with a Zen headbutt. And it's going to do 38 psychic damage. Ooh. And Pratchett flinches. As Pratchett gets slammed by this Zen headbutt, he cries out in pain. And it's not so much a cry of defiance now, it's a it's just a genuine, genuine cry of pain and, and panic. Reptar immediately leaps to his defense and just opens his maw really wide and runs at the Regigigas. Felix says, that's it, get in there, protect your buddy, hit it with a crunch. So he's going to try and take a big chunk out of his leg. That's any baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. On a natural attack roll of 18 or higher, your AC is decreased by one. Your AC goes down for the entirety of the um, for the remainder of combat. Fuck, really? Yeah, crunch. Wow, yeah, on attack roll of 18 higher, AC is decreased by one. Reptile's able to get a massive, massive opening of his mouth around the area that he's been hitting, that the Regigigas has been hitting the knee multiple times. And with a loud roar as he latches in, does 42 dark damage to the Regigigas with a crit hit who drops to the floor KO. Come on. Finally. Boom. Yes. So, 
Reggie Gigas falls to the floor with an almighty groan. The coloured gems on its front flicker brightly, and you notice that your tattoos start to flicker too, matching the colours of the Reggie Gigas. First pink, then blue, then white. Flickering faster and faster until suddenly they shine with a mix of all three colours at once, and you feel something rushing through your bodies, almost pulsating from your forearms, and you get the overwhelming feeling of power flowing through you before the glowing on your arms starts to subside, returning your arms to their non-glowing tattooed state. You look over to the Regigigas and notice that the lights on its chest, the lights coming from the gems, have completely gone out. And then before your eyes, roots of the trees in the corners of the room start to move towards the Regigigas, wrapping themselves around it until it's completely covered in a mound of mossy roots. And then the mound starts to flatten, slowly lowering itself towards the ground. And slowly the roots start to retract back towards their perspective trees in the corner of the room. And when you look back to where the Reggie Gigas fell, there is nothing but the mossy ground. You're Fuck. each going to receive... I'm going to give you a bit more XP because of the uh, legendariness of the Pokemon. <laughs> 30,000 XP. A beam of light appears coming down from the top of the cavern to the centre of the room, and with it descends a pentagon-shaped rock, which stops about three feet off the ground, spinning slowly in the air. I think, without saying a word, Chuck and Felix would look at each other and nod, and then both put their arms out at the same time to touch exactly the same time. The rock. As you lean forwards towards the rock... It slowly spins, and you see that carved into it is a crude image of a Pokemon. But one that is very familiar. Just like the old, odd statue you saw at the start of your journey outside Greenwood Forest, it is the image of Mew. And as you touch the rock, everything goes white. You are both standing in front of an intricately carved round wooden table. The black monster with a white mane and the purple and pink monster with crescent-shaped horns are by your side. A bald man with blue robes is pointing at a map, and he moves a wooden figure shaped in the image of Arceus across the map until it reaches the peak of Mount Coronet. He looks at you with a worried look in his eyes and nods at you, before you hear someone approaching, and the monk quickly rolls up the map and tucks it into his robes. As you look up, you see your sons walking towards you, followed by a crowd of men and women wearing drastically different outfits. Suddenly, you're both outside, the sun beating down on you and the soft breeze in the air cooling your skin. You're standing in front of a wooden temple, on the edge of an enclosed field full of flowers, underneath the great tree. Your sons stand with a group of other men and women and monsters, all clad in armour and carrying weapons. They give you a small wave and a faint smile, as a monster with a long moustache waves its arms, and with a loud pop, the group disappear. From the entrance to the wooden temple behind you, the bald man in blue robes appears, and he leads you to the middle of the field, where your sons and their party stood only seconds ago. 
The monk walks ahead of you, opening his arms towards the sky and bowing his head as though in prayer, and a pink glow ripples through the air, starting around the field you stand in and going all the way past the great tree and the village that stands in its shadow. As though passing through a barrier of some kind, Mew appears before you. The little pink monster looks at you both with sadness in its eyes as the monk steps forwards to speak with it. And when all is said, Mew looks past the monk once more to you and your companions. A tear trickles down its face as it nods before following the monk back to where you're standing. It flies around your group in a circle before stopping between the both of you, and then it screws its eyes shut and you're pulled off your feet. The sickly feeling of being squeezed through a small tube overcomes you before you feel a jolt underfoot and land on hard ground. The temperature has dropped, and you shiver as your breath steams around you, and you look out at the skyline of the entire Yume region. Although the clouds block most of the landscape, you can see the great tree, the northern mountains, and even the faint outline of the misty islands. You turn to see that you're standing at the bottom of a set of steps that lead up to a giant stone temple, and after a long look at each other, you start to climb. As you reach the top of the steps, the monk leads you into the temple, which although seemingly enclosed from the outside is actually open, with no ceiling, just a rectangular frame held up by stone pillars around the outside of a large open floor. In the very middle of the temple, you see a large stone tablet. At the bottom, a man and monster stand below a line of trees opposite each other. In the centre of them, two men and two monsters stand alone. On one side, a crescent shape sits below a set of stars, and on the opposite side, a white circle sits below more stars. Between the two is the same crudely carved image of Mew, and at the top, a circle sits in the middle, with four lines in a cross pattern connecting it to two larger semicircles, almost like a wheel with a cross running through it. As you stand examining the tablet, Mew hovers between you, when all of a sudden, the lines carved into the tablet start to glow blue, and then the air around you becomes heavy as a loud whooshing sound surrounds you and a strong wind starts to swell beneath you before it shoots out in all directions. A blue light shoots from the tablet into the sky above you. Nothing happens at first, but then a large shadow engulfs the temple, and you look towards the sky as you see a large monster descend from the clouds above. Its fur a gleaming white, its mane pulling away from its head, and its long tail trailing behind it as it glides through the air. Its four pointed feet are tipped with golden hooves, as are parts of its grey face and golden cross-like, and a golden cross-like wheel is attached to its abdomen. So you have come. A futile attempt to save yourselves. My forces are on the brink of wiping you from this world, but I shall give you one last chance. Show me why your kind deserves salvation in this world I have created. And with a deafening roar, Arceus, the creator of all, attacks. The battle is long and hard. Both you and your monsters strike out at Arceus, and with the prolonged battle you start to see that your attacks are having an effect on the Almighty, but it's not enough. 
With a swipe of its claws, it sends the black monster crashing into some of the pillars on the side of the temple, causing them to crumble, bringing down the large portion of the rectangular frame that was being held up. The purple monster appears from the dust, carrying the black monster on its back, but a beam of white light hits them both in midair, sending them crashing into the stone tablet, shattering it into a number of large pieces. Enough! It's time to end this. And Arceus leans its head back, letting out an almighty roar as beams of pure energy break through the clouds above, heading straight for the two monsters. But without thinking, you're running, Mew flying by your sides, the whole world moving in slow motion as the temple starts to fall apart around you. Chunks of stone dropping from above, crashing into the ground as you both dodge the debris until you reach your injured monster companions, standing before them, arms outstretched as the beams of light hit you. You're lying on your backs, both of you too weak to move, your companions leaning over you with tears in their eyes. The purple monster tries to use its power on you, but it fails and falls to the ground next to you, unable to move. Mew slowly manages to hover a few feet off the ground as Arceus floats towards you. You would sacrifice yourselves to save those who aren't of your race? In face of certain death and the extinction of your kind, you would still protect each other as though you were one? And then Mew floats up towards Arceus, and the two stare at each other for what seems like an age. With your sacrifice, you have proven that there is hope for your kind. I shall give your people one last chance to live together and make this world your own. And then Arceus lets out a roar like none other you've heard before. And the blue light that surrounded the temple throughout your battle flickers and fades as another blast of condensed air shoots outwards from the peak of Mount Coronet as Arceus starts to raise up towards the clouds above you once more. Looking down on your party, he says, One last chance. Mew turns to you both, tears filling its round eyes. And as it comes closer, and your monster companions wearily bend over you, tears in their eyes too, everything goes white once more. Leaving you standing back in the cavern, the stone piece still floating in the air as Mew appears before you tears rolling down the small pink Pokemon's cheeks. You feel a warmth as Mew starts to glow pink, when from behind you there is an explosion. Chunks of rock fly in your direction and you catch a glimpse of Flash and the orange scales of a Dragonite flying backwards through the air towards the centre of the room. I need you to both make dexterity checks. How Straight did in, did in, did in. 14. 13. You both fail. Wonderful. Fuck. And die. Chuck, you take 21 damage. Jesus Christ. And Felix, you take 28 damage. Why do I take more? Because different rocks there. I am a wet noodle. You both try and dodge these rocks, but two giant bits of debris catch you both, sending you flying backwards, knocking the wind out of you and landing on top of you, just absolutely crushing you 
dealing a ton of damage to both of your persons. Something small and shiny flies through the dust, and you hear a loud clink before Mew starts to glide towards the entrance of the cavern, a metal collar around its neck. Off. And as the dust settles, you see a number of figures step towards you. Falcor and Haku drag the limp bodies of Sky and Thomas to the side, as Sig and Freuder step into the light. Behind them, you recognize Cresselia and Darkrai, although the pair are covered in some sort of metal armor that shines with the reflection of the glowing rocks in the cavern. Sig points a finger towards the floating rock. Go. And that's where we're going to end the episode. 